You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. We're talking Reds baseball today on this Tuesday, the 10th of January, with Mark Sheldon, our Reds reporter. Mark, thanks as always for the time, and uh, today's theme is all about uh, predictions and projections for the Reds in the 2017 season. So you and the other 29 beat reporters for MLB.com were assigned to give a bold prediction for the team that you cover. So, uh, Mark, with that in mind, the uh, the stage is yours. What is your bold prediction for the 2017 Cincinnati Reds? I'll couch this by saying I'm not sure how bold it is, but I did go out and say that the Reds between now and uh, spring training or maybe during spring training will will or should sign a starting pitcher, a veteran pitcher, to supplement the, uh, the battle for the lone rotation spot that's open. A lot of kids are competing for that spot. But uh, as the first half of last year demonstrated, they got caught shorthanded by injuries and some young guys that were not prepared or ready to put, uh, pitch in the major leagues yet. So I think having a veteran, uh, you know, guy to kind of stabilize things would be would be very needed. And uh, Mark, what are the odds that uh, that veteran's name could be Jason Hamill? I think very low. Uh, I don't think they're going to uh, allocate a lot of money for this particular pitcher. The the you know the, the names I would kind of look at maybe would be like a Bud Norris type of guy. You know, maybe Tim Lincecum if if uh, if he's not getting other offers, especially since he's a West Coast kind of guy. But, uh, you know, this is, a, this is a kind of pitcher where they're going to sign kind of a little reminiscent of Alfredo Simon last year, which obviously did not work out. That was a, a big backfire. But what the idea would be is he'd be there to be able to compete and add depth for the rotation if they need it. But also if these young guys like Amir Garrett, Cody Reed, or Robert Stevenson or Tim Adelman uh, rise to the occasion and, and take that job and run with it or eventually come up during the season, this person would have to be flexible enough to realize their situation and, and go to the bullpen or even perhaps AAA. So uh, you're not going to court a lot of uh, front-line guys or, or big-name guys. This is, these are guys that are going to be looking for an opportunity, but knowing that, uh, that their opportunity may not always be out of the rotation. Yeah, and that, that's a good point, that sometimes it's, that's a hard sell to tell a veteran guy who's used to starting that, you know what, a starting spot is not guaranteed, but hopefully uh, somebody is out there that can uh, meet those requirements and uh, give the Reds that veteran presence that they really need at the back end of that rotation. So, uh, Mark, let's transition from that bold prediction to uh, some projections for the Reds for the 2017 season. And the first one kind of focuses on the bullpen, so let's start here. Mark, if the Reds are not contending by the uh, the All-Star break or by the trade deadline, I should say, Rysel Iglesias is traded to a contending team. What do you think? I would be stunned if they did that only because of, of his uh... – you know his situation. They 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 allocated money for him to uh, to, to come from Cuba. He, he's he's under club control through 2020, and he's making you know basically four to five million a year. He could go to opt out into arbitration, which might make him some more money. But uh, if the Reds are sticking with this idea that they hope to contend by 2018, he's going to be a, a front and center part of that. Uh, he's needed in their bullpen. So I, I would say he was he would not go anywhere. But then again, 
uh, as Dick Williams has maintained, he's always open to listening to any trade offer. And if they're blown away by something that makes the club better, uh, he would definitely listen. But I would say no. Yeah, I would lean towards no myself. But uh, again, you know, given the premium on, you know, these flamethrowing relievers who put up these insane numbers in the late innings, you know, every team's looking for that kind of help at the at the trade deadline when you when you're going for it. And maybe Iglesias is a guy whose name at least comes up in conversations. But I, I'm with you that I would lean more towards no than yes as to seeing him traded under any circumstance. But uh, we will see what transpires during the season. Uh, Mark, projection number two, uh, Brandon Phillips demands a trade after he is benched in favor of uh, some of the younger guys like uh, Jose Peraza, Dilson Herrera perhaps, but despite demanding a trade, the Reds unable to unload him. That This is a mouthful here, but how do you digest all that? Yeah, that's, that's going to be a, a murky one to predict, but I would say that I don't see him demanding a trade. He could have been traded, as we learn now, uh, in November to the Braves if, uh, if he wanted. He could have accepted a trade last year to, to Washington or Arizona. So he's well aware of, of what's down the pike in terms of young players. But the one thing that hasn't happened to him yet, it didn't happen this past season, is he hasn't lost any playing time. Uh, and I, I do imagine that that will not sit well with him, uh, no matter how they couch it or how they present it. This is a guy who played through a broken hand uh, this past season, never went on the disabled list. He got banged up a lot, does not like to miss games. That's one thing about him you can you could definitely uh, say to him in a positive way. But uh, I would imagine there's going to be a threshold at some point. He's owed $14 million, whether he demands a trade or not, that they're going to be able to say they, they can write off the rest of that money if they want to look ahead to 2018 with what they have in Herrera or Peraza, and they would eventually either DFA or release him because I just, you know, at some point, if they're not contending especially, they need to start looking for next season and giving other guys playing time. Yeah, it, it could be a, a, a tricky situation to see what develops between uh, the veteran gamer Brandon Phillips and some of the younger guys who, uh, who want that playing time. It, it'll be interesting to see how uh, Brian Price sorts all this out as the season wears on. Uh, Mark projection number three, Nick Senzel uh, rockets through the minor leagues and he makes his major league debut sometime in 2017. Uh, based on talking to Dick Williams uh, last month, I do not see that happening. Uh, right now it's still up in the air whether he starts the season in high A or in double A. He uh, went to low A and finished the year in Dayton uh, in 2016. But right now they don't appear to be on the, on, on the super express route. He's definitely on the express route, but I would not expect to see him uh, this coming season. They're not going to rush him. They also have uh, Eugenio Suarez at third base right now as a young guy. Um, obviously Senzel is the, the probably the long-term future at that position, but I would not expect him in 2017. Yeah, I think uh, most people agree he is a season away, maybe a 2018 arrival, but you never know. The talent is certainly there. We'll see uh, what develops. Uh, Mark, projection number four, Anthony DiSclefani wins 15 games. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's definitely uh, a very possible thing, especially if he's healthy. Uh, he could have done that this past season had he not missed uh, so much time with that oblique injury. He didn't really debut until uh, mid to late June so um, if he does what he did last season and is able to, to be healthy and as consistent as he's been I could see him winning 15 games I can also see him being an all-star he's just a guy that seems to be coming into his own he's becoming one of those guys I think you and I talked about him in the past I don't know if he'll ever be known as an elite starter in baseball but I definitely think he'll be uh, a guy that, that that teams know about and he's going to become I think a little bit more popular and he's poised to break out. Yeah, and 2017 could be that year for the man they call Disco. We'll see if uh, he does reach that 15-win threshold. 
Uh, number five, Mark, this one uh, stunned me when I looked at his baseball reference page, but somehow Billy Hamilton has never led the National League in steals. That absolutely blew me away. So does he do it for the first time in his career this season? Well, for him, the, and the reason why he hasn't is because of injuries. He, he missed it by, I think, one stolen base uh, two years ago. He obviously got passed last year. He finished the last uh, three years injured. And that obviously doesn't help him compile stolen base numbers. He missed almost all of September last season. But if he stays healthy, yes, I, I think he could definitely get to 70 steals and he could definitely lead the league. It's, it's certainly doable. He had a lot of encouraging signs before his injury in the second half. He seemed to straighten things out and got on base a lot more, was hitting better. And when he gets on base, he's almost a guarantee to get to second base. So I would say definitely uh, will lead the NL caveat if he's healthy yeah big caveat there I was looking for the the thick black ink on the in the stolen base column on baseball reference didn't see any thought it had to be a mistake despite all the time he has missed due to injury that just tells you how good he is is that you think that despite missing all these games he would still lead the league in stolen bases he's never done it maybe 2017 will be the year that Billy Hamilton wins the stolen base crown and uh, Mark, projection number six, this one tongue-in-cheek, obviously, but uh, Marty Bredeman made headlines recently, uh, you know, with his soliloquy, I guess, on Joey Votto. So at some point during the season, does Marty's head explode talking about Joey Votto during a broadcast? I hope not, but what do you think? No, and, and honestly, I'm going to be serious for a minute. I really don't understand why this is becoming a big deal. Uh, it didn't make local headlines. I know nationally some people definitely talked about it. Um, Marty's long held his opinions and some of them run counter to what other people believe or even what the club believes or what I believe. I don't agree with him on what he thinks about Joey Votto and I've talked to him about it, but you know, he's just been one of those guys, you know, a lot of people are used to broadcasters that toe the company line and and don't have opinions. And sometimes they're vanilla. Uh, Marty has always been candid about his views on every topic. He's never backed down. Uh, I, you know, sometimes when he gets an opinion, even if he knows he's wrong, I think sometimes he just digs in. He doesn't like to change his opinion publicly, but he's a good man. And uh, him and Votto have had discussions. I mean, if you remember previous winter, he and Votto had some, uh, he was in the, in the headlines for some things he said about Votto. And I remember when, when Marty and, and Joey Votto were both in camp, they spoke privately. I watched them talk at their locker, and everything was cool. Joey Votto has never said anything bad about Marty Brennan. And, uh, you know, I think the, the comment last year was that Joey Votto is no longer an elite player. And, and Votto kind of understood that he hadn't played like an elite player in the previous seasons. And now, uh, but he, he definitely backed it up that he was in, in 2016. And I, I would not expect this to be an issue going forward. It's, I don't know why it's an issue now. You know, Marty has long said what he feels, and it's, it's, you know, I, I also know that a caller, it was based on a caller, and I read the transcript. I wasn't actually listening when it happened. I didn't think he was out of line. I think he, he, you know, he came strong with his opinion, and that's what he's always done, and people in Cincinnati understand that. Yeah, and I, and I think you hit the nail on the head as to why this made headlines. It's because Marty Brenneman is anything but vanilla. He's anything but a company man, and it was so refreshing to hear a team broadcaster, especially one as legendary as and as entrenched as him, give uh, such an unfiltered opinion and really not care what anybody else thinks. I, I think that's the reason why it made headlines because you so rarely, rarely hear that from broadcasters, especially especially you know from guys of his stature, and that's why it really generated the buzz that it did. But hats off to Marty Brenneman for having his opinion, 
hats off to Joey Votto for accepting the criticism and continuing to be the player that he is. And hopefully uh, 2017 proves uh, fruitful for him as he will, of course, uh, skip the World Baseball Classic. And here's to hoping he puts together two good halves in 2017 to lead the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, good place to wrap this one up, Mark. Uh, we'll do it again next week. Mark Sheldon, our thanks to you. In the meantime, it's Matt Waymire signing off for MLB.com Extras, Cincinnati Reds. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free at-bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.